0: Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm your host, Tom. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tonight's story was written by Alicia and will be read by Arif you'll be transported to one of the most exclusive coastal resorts of the early 20th century in the United States, Bar Harbor in Maine. Drawn to the rugged beauty and cool temperatures, some of the most famous Gilded Age tycoons established grand estates there, allowing their families and friends to enjoy July and August away from the big city. By the time the new century was dawning, Bar Harbor was one of the most popular places for the wealthy socialites of the era to relax. This evening, you'll be experiencing it for yourself. But first, I want to remind you that you can enjoy a completely ad-free listening experience by becoming one of our cherished premium supporters. As well as everything being completely ad-free, premium listeners receive a whole host of other great benefits to make a good night's rest even easier to come by. For example, Right now, we have roughly 150 free episodes on the public feed, but on premium, you'll have access to our entire catalogue of over 550 full-length stories and meditations. Plus, every single Thursday, we release a new bonus episode exclusive to the premium feed. Tomorrow, we have a really lovely story called The Portrait of Her Dreams, all about a watercolour artist who paints from her cottage by the sea. I'll be reading it, so I'd love for you to join me there tomorrow. Why not give Get Sleepy Premium a try this week? The first seven days are free, and you can cancel any time. For more information on all of our premium plans, visit getsleepy.com support, or just follow the link in the show notes. Okay my friends, it's nearly time for tonight's story, but before we begin, let's take a moment to breathe deeply. Channel the air in through your nose, and more slowly, out through your mouth. Imagine letting go of your to-do list from the day. Know that you will not forget any important items, just imagine taking that list and setting it aside. It will be safely put away for tomorrow. For now, all you need to concern yourself with is relaxation and rest, completely letting go of a need to do anything. You don't even need to think about falling asleep. So long as you allow yourself to relax, sleep will just happen naturally. Now take a moment to stretch each of your limbs. Gently wiggle your fingers and toes. Notice if you need to unclench your jaw, letting any tension release from your face. And finally, with your eyes closed, start to imagine a summer's day in a coastal US town. The air is refreshingly salty and you can hear the cries of seagulls faintly in the distance. This is where our story begins.
1: It is a perfect summer evening in Bar Harbor, Maine. You've just finished dinner at an outdoor table in a charming cafe. You look forward to a leisurely walk back to your hotel room. With twilight falling, the cool salt breezes are blowing gently down Main Street, You feel wonderfully alive, as if an adventure is right around the corner. Putting one foot slowly in front of the other, you move steadily down the sidewalk toward the public pier. Each storefront is a feast for the eyes, drawing the interest of the many other visitors who wander the same route. Amid the expected t-shirts, hats, and posters, there are also beautiful things. Locally crafted ornaments, lovely picture books, and clothing made from natural fibers. You come upon an ice cream store with a long line inside. Peeking curiously through the door, you see massive scoops being handed out in waffle cones and dishes. Customers wait almost reverently for their turn to try one or two of the many mouthwatering flavors on the menu. Outside, children take turns standing in the embrace of an enormous, friendly-looking lobster statue. You smile to yourself, appreciating the happy mood. You soon reach a grassy park that overlooks the public pier. More importantly, you have sweeping views of Frenchman Bay, which is dotted with yachts, lobster boats, and sailboats is rising now. It is nearly full, casting an ethereal light over the rippling waters. You stand in the middle of the park and close your eyes for a moment. To your left is the town. Its busy evening atmosphere hums like a life force. To your right is the water. Its waves gently meet the land, splashing lightly. You are on the border between two worlds. Despite the allure of the evening views, you are ready to return to your hotel room. You have had a full day that included both a visit to a local museum and an invigorating hike on a scenic local trail. Between the two, you have come to understand why Bar Harbor became so popular with vacationers in the late 19th century. Its unparalleled natural beauty and mild summer temperatures make it a heavenly place to spend a couple of days, let alone an entire season. You were fascinated to learn of the grand mansions that once entertained some of the wealthiest socialites on the East Coast. It was with great interest that you walked by some of the few that remained imagining what they must have been like in their heyday. The surviving homes are magnificent. You get the feeling that Bar Harbor is not only perched on the border between the land and the sea, but that it also has one foot in the present and one in the past. Closing your eyes, You can imagine the cars and the souvenir shops gone. Instead of the variety of tourists who stroll the park, eating ice cream, you picture the railroad barons and mining tycoons of the Gilded Age who would have haunted these streets in their elegant carriages. They arrived from Boston and New York by steamship and in elegant Pullman cars on the rail. The richest families of the era would have taken up their fine residences here in July. Fleeing the heat of the city, doctors, bankers, lawyers, and even retired military officers Would have hobnobbed the days away together at dinners and garden parties. The coastline of Frenchman Bay would have been a glittering neighborhood of grand hotels and homes called cottages. The Vanderbilts had a house with nine living rooms, eight bedrooms, four baths, and ten servant rooms. Other opulent waterfront homes hosted Bar Harbor regulars, such as J.P. Morgan and President William Taft. Well-known families in the Bar Harbor orbit included the Astors, the Rockefellers, and the DuPonts. Bar Harbor and the surrounding area was a hub of summer society as much as it was an escape from the city. Mentally returning to the present, you sit on a bench and look out at the shimmering, moonlit waters. The history surrounds you. As the lights illuminate on buildings all around the seaside enclaves, You stroll slowly to your waterfront hotel. From your room, you have a wide view of the bay. You lean against the window and watch as the boats upon the water also light up, as if answering the evening call from the town. They float on tranquil waters some farther away and some quite close. This is where they will slumber for the night. There's something about your pristine white sheets that suits the mood perfectly. You've opened the door to your small balcony just a crack, and the fresh breezes flutter through the room Whispering gently over your bed. You have left the curtains open. You roll over on your side and gaze at the myriad stars twinkling in the sky. It's been a long time since you could see so many. Gradually, your eyes fall shut. Half-awake, you hear the lapping of the waves and fancy yourself at the edge of the known world. Your thoughts drift until you are no longer aware of your surroundings. Then, slowly, You sense that the sun is shining on your face. Expecting daybreak, you open your eyes. You are not, however, in your hotel room, sleeping in your enormous white bed. Instead, you are standing in front of a stately mansion. In fact, the sprawling brick-dwelling in front of you might more accurately be described as a chateau. Just looking at it, you feel it must be well over 10,000 square feet. You are in a spacious circular drive sheltered from the road by an elegant arrangement of shrubs. Before you, the house stretches from one major center section to identical square wings on either side, each with its own intricate glass door trimmed in white. The gabled roof boasts four chimneys, which you can imagine must have once been needed to heat this enormous place. Adding a bit of whimsy to the formidable structure, little dormer windows dot the front of the roof, popping up with cheeky importance. As impressive as the house is, You have the sense that the best part is around the back. You become aware that there is a murmur emanating from behind the house, and you resolve to investigate. Walking around the side, you are unprepared for the majesty of the grounds you find there. Roll gently down to the very edge of the bay. A perfectly manicured lawn stretches the entire length of the house. It's so lush and green that you almost don't want to step on it. Of course, you must, because there appears to be a gathering back there and you want to find out more. As you leave the driveway behind you, the clopping of horses' hooves sounds out, echoing against the brick walls. Looking over your shoulder, you see that an elegant carriage has arrived, holding a number of happy revelers dressed in white and wearing a variety of impressive hats. Turning back to the view of the lawn, you become aware that it is filled with people dressed in the same fashions as the group in the carriage. They are talking, playing games, and walking the grounds lovely sound of a string quartet floats by you, and you realize it is coming from the open doors of the drawing room in the back of the house. It would appear that you have had the good fortune to stumble upon a very elegant garden party. As you finish rounding the corner of the house, you get a sense of how very many rooms it must have. The side of the mansion has its own portico that shelters a generous side door. Its white columns hold up a balcony that surrounds a bay window on the second floor. You imagine what might be inside that window, Is it a cushioned seat for secretive reading, or is it the grand flourish to a library? The possibilities intrigue you. Making your way closer to the back lawn, you see an expansive covered porch that stretches the length of the house. Supported by the same style of columns as the portico on the side, it is ideal for enjoying the scenery. Comfortable chairs are placed there in a row, facing the stunning water views. The shining plank floors give it the feeling of being an extension of the indoors. The best room in the house. Adorning the ceiling of the porch every few feet is a verdant hanging basket dripping with summer flowers. Several ladies and gentlemen are ensconced in the chairs, sipping lemonade and tea. Some of them appear deep in confidential chats. But while the genteel elders may welcome the shady respite of the porch, the younger people gladly take to the lawn. A delicious buffet is laid out on a long table. As you are walking towards it, a man politely asks you, If you'd like some lemonade, he proffers a tray with several crystal glasses on it. You thank him gratefully and take one, relishing the heavy, luxurious feel of the crystal in your hand. You take a sip of your drink. It's cool, Slightly tart flavor fills your mouth, providing just the refreshment you want on this warm day. The food laid out on the table is both elegant and appropriate for a garden party. Guests can fortify themselves with cold chicken salad, lobster salad, or a stout-looking meat pie. For the daintier eaters, there is fruit salad, its ruby colors tumbling together in a cut crystal bowl. Dessert, on the other hand, could make an entire meal by itself here. There are sweet little jam tartlets strawberries and cream, and all sorts of pretty cakes in pastel colors. Iced with delicate flowers, they look almost too beautiful to eat. Having seen the buffet, you turn your attention to what the other guests are doing. You notice that a genteel-looking woman is greeting people as they arrive. You imagine she may be the lady of the house. She is wearing a white dress with a blousey top and a nipped waist. It is intricately embroidered with small white beads and lace. Her hat is the true star of the show, however. Atop its wide brim are piles of flowers and bows. Fashion matters at this garden party, you think to yourself. The lady calls out to a man who may be her husband. He is nearby in a summer suit and a straw boater hat, helping children get started on a game of croquet. The woman laughs as he tries to demonstrate good form, but misses the wicked. The children giggle and cheer. Then they all dive in at once to try it out for themselves. You suspect that rules will not be observed very closely in this game. Another small group of children sits in a semicircle in front of a puppet show nearby. The girls have darling white dresses with sashes in summery colors. They are wearing ribbons in their hair. The boys are wearing shorts or knickers with tunics over them. None of these children seem concerned about staining their bright white clothing. They are piled on the grass together, laughing and exclaiming over the puppet show and enjoying the sunshine your attention is drawn to a sunken garden to the left, at the other end of the house. Moving in that direction, you can see that it has been set up as a lawn tennis court. Two couples are playing as many others watch the game nearby. There is a man and a woman on each team. The ladies manage to play quite well despite their lacy white dresses and fanciful hats. The men have an easier time of it from a wardrobe perspective. One of them is wearing a white linen suit whereas the other is sporting comfortable white flannel trousers And a navy jacket. The second man keeps losing his straw boater from atop his head. The spectators clap and laugh as it goes tumbling off yet again. One of the people on the sidelines hands him back the hat for a second time and he bows theatrically. You smile to yourself, thinking that whatever the score is, his charisma will be the winner of the game. You leave these sporting folk to their match and walk across the lawn toward the water. The view is incredible. It's hard to imagine having this in your own backyard. On your way to the water's edge, you stop to watch a small archery contest. Just as active as the people playing tennis, several ladies are lined up with their bows, taking turns at the target. They are surrounded at a safe distance by onlookers. The women in the audience shelter from the strong late afternoon sun under delicate parasols. These archers are both graceful and strong, and many of the arrows fly true. Each strike near the center draws polite applause from the small crowd as well as the occasional bold cry of congratulations. The talented competitors bow their heads humbly and smile at the accolades. They have not even wrinkled their lacy white party dresses in the process. You leave the archery competition behind, and continue to the bottom of the lawn, where low tide has left a wet, sandy area. Many children have been drawn to the sand and are mucking about there, looking for little treasures and piling up small mounds. There are a couple of adults observing them nearby, and one patient man is teaching a boy to fly a kite. You close your eyes, turning your face to the bright sun once again. Gentle waves lap at the shore nearby, and a breeze tickles your cheeks ever so slightly. Many of the boats in the harbour have gone farther out on the water for the day. You imagine they will be back at sunset. In the meantime, the hum of the garden party behind you provides a surreal backdrop to the sounds of nature in front of you. You marvel again At what an incredible location this is for a garden. Some laughter behind you brings you back from your reverie. Peering around for the source of the amusement, you see that a game has been set up by the hosts and numerous younger ladies and gentlemen are participating. Walking closer, you see that many very long ribbons in different colors have been wrapped around a tree. They have then also been laid in wandering paths through the more wooded area of the property, weaving around trees and boulders, and even around other ribbons, Each ribbon has been claimed by one person, and the job of that guest is to follow the appropriate ribbon to its very end. It is a circuitous and sometimes comical journey, and various guests find themselves doing an awkward dance to pursue ribbons that have been crossed. This produces much merriment and more than a little blushing amongst the ladies, as well as gallant doffing of hats by the men. Upon finally reaching the ribbon's end, each triumphant guest is rewarded with a small prize, because trinkets have been tied there, You find yourself smiling ear to ear as you watch the fun and thinking wistfully that you wouldn't mind having a ribbon of your own. You wonder if any new sweethearts will find themselves introduced by this wholesome game. As the last participant cries out that she has found her prize, you notice that the air is cooling off. It will soon be twilight. The setting sun steals its warmth from the lawn as it appears to sink into Frenchman Bay. A few guests have gathered with cups of tea to admire the sunset. Over the steely grey waters... The sky is streaked with vibrant shades of pink and orange. You are transfixed as this transformation from day to evening continues. Just when you think the sunset has reached its most glorious moment, the colors get even deeper you have the feeling you have been a very lucky witness to an especially gorgeous evening. When the sky fades to dark blue, the people on the lawn turn and begin to drift toward the house. Some of them disappear into the drawing room. Others are busy gathering wayward children and arranging for departure in their carriages. At the buffet, the household staff expertly clears away the dishes, like a troop of experienced dancers. You realize it is time for you to depart as well. You make your way slowly to the top of the lawn and back, to the circular drive. Guests are departing now. The clopping of hooves and the sound of carriage wheels echoes against the elegant brick facade of the house. Inside, for those guests remaining longer, the string quartet plays a classical melody. The music Drifts out of the open doors and windows of the house, as if set adrift on the wind and released to the starry sky. You feel compelled to walk in the direction of your hotel, although you don't really know what you will find there. It seems like the logical place to wrap up this chapter of your day. At very least, you will be back where you started. As you put one foot in front of the other, you take in the grandeur of this fine avenue. Each mansion seems more spectacular than the last. Some of them are in their traditional shingled style, whereas others appear to be boldly venturing into more daring architectural exploits. Situated in elaborately landscaped gardens, these homes boast Italian, French, Renaissance, and Tudor details. It seems that anything a tycoon can dream of for a summer cottage can come true here For the favored few. For just a little while today, you have been among them. You are alone on the moonlit street now, and you stop and sit on a bench. The moon is almost full. It hangs quietly in the sky, keeping a watch over Bar Harbor as the denizens of the small city retreat into its dining rooms and drawing rooms and children are put to bed. Gazing at the white orb hanging heavily over the calm waters of the bay, you feel sleepy too. You close your eyes for a moment listening to the distant sound of the gentle waves. When you open them, you are in your bed. The garden party and the mansions have vanished, but you are so very comfortable in your pile of crisp, white covers. You feel a sense of delight knowing that it's not morning yet, and you still have many hours to sleep. Closing your eyes, you nestle further into the downy pillow and tug your coverlet up over your shoulders. A refreshing, salty breeze once again swirls around you, But you are warm inside your cocoon of bedding. In your mind, you envision the twinkling stars floating above the dark waters of the bay. Then you slowly drift into dreams, as if you are a boat upon the waves.